Hey, hello and welcome to Mustard on the Side. I'm your host Dijon and today I want to do something a little bit differently. I want to have an interview or Q&A with ChatGPT. So what I mean by that is I have given a prompt to ChatGPT to ask me a series of questions. The exact prompt was this. It was, please create a list of questions for uh, for me as as if I am a podcast guest for a 25-minute chat. Please speak in a tone that is some, somewhere between Chris Williamson and Joe Rogan. Those are two of my favorite podcasters. And came up with a series of, of questions to ask me. It's 12 questions. And I want to go through these and hopefully this will kind of help the listener get to know me a little bit better. So I'm just going to get right into it. The response from ChatGPT was, absolutely, let's dive into the conversation. Imagine we're setting imagine we're setting the stage for an engaging podcast chat with a blend of Chris Williamson's thought, thoughtful introspection and Joe Rogan's curiosity. Here's a list of questions. It's a great way to describe Chris Williamson and Joe Rogan, to be honest. Joe Rogan, very curious, and Chris Williamson, very introspective. Uh, I really enjoy his podcast. So let's see what they came up with. Uh, the first one is introduction so it just says let's kick things off tell us a bit about yourself your background and what you are passionate about so a bit about myself i am dijon my name's dijon i am 28 years old i live in cape town south africa which is an incredible place super beautiful awesome people great culture like scenes that you've never seen anywhere else in the world uh, we've got mountains, sea, all of that. It's beautiful. If you don't know where that is, Google it or get onto Instagram and search Cape Town, Western Cape, South Africa. It's a spectacle. And I work currently day-to-day as a data analyst or finance data analyst for a tech company. So I'm responsible for all the finance reports for the company. I bridge the gap between data and finance. That's my day job. Gets a little bit boring sometimes. It's part of it that I love. Love my team. Love the people that I get to work with. Uh, but yeah, it definitely has its limitations. My background, South African. Grew up in Durban, South Africa, which is a two-hour flight from Cape Town. Further up the coast. It's a bit more of a chilled town. It's a coastal, very surfer town. So I grew up surfing, uh, playing a lot of sports. Hockey mainly, uh, field hockey, not ice hockey. So playing a lot of sports, uh, loved gym and training and all of that kind of stuff. I was relatively academic until maybe like grade nine and then I got into like the surfer crew and we weren't too concerned about any studying whatsoever. So grades definitely slipped a bit and lost interest in all of all of those kind of academic pursuits. And studied a BCom strategic management and then my honors in business management. And then went straight into working, straight off to straight off to Varsity. So four years of Varsity, straight into working. Worked in a big retail company for a while as a planner. It's like merchandise planning. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. People, people often get confused when I tell them that. But it's like planning stock, forecasting sales, making sure that you have enough uh, stock to do the sales that uh, you aimed for at the beginning of the season. Also making sure there's a balanced assortment all of that kind of stuff, making sure you're profitable, have good margins, all of that. 
and then that the stock's in the right stores at the right time in the right quantities. What I am passionate about, so that's the third part of this question, of the first question, is a lot of things. Uh, I'll just start with, with the ones that spring to mind first. Surfing for me has been a very important part of my life. Absolutely love surfing, getting onto the water. There's nothing like it. The second thing is definitely music. I've been a musician since I can remember, since I was a little kid. I've always sang, written songs. I play guitar and piano. I also played drums. I actually started with the drums when I was, I think, it's the first instrument that I like properly went to lessons for when I was, I think, 10 or 11. And then moved on to piano maybe a year later. And then uh, guitar when I was like 12, I'd say. And I probably play guitar most of the time. I don't know if you can see behind me. I've actually, I've got a guitar at the back of my room there. I was playing earlier. It's just a part of my life. It's how I express things. Uh, I've actually been thinking recently that some of these podcasts every now and again, kind of like how Joe Rogan does an MMA hour or MMA show every now and then where he has his friends and they just watch a show. I want to like, my thing can be, uh, not that I'm trying to mimic other podcasts, but my thing that I'm probably most passionate about is music and writing songs. So maybe every now and again, every fifth episode or something, I uh, pick three or four songs that I've written, explain the backstory to you, play the song uh, and make an episode out of it. So that's something that I'm thinking about at the moment. Maybe I'll do it next time. Uh, let me know in the comments what you're keen for. And then anything else that I'm very passionate about, love hiking, love getting up in the mountains. I think that's that's been something that's incredible. That's only something I've gone to in the last year, uh, last few years, maybe the last five years. But yo, I crave crave the mountains when I don't get there enough. Luckily in Cape Town, we've got mountains and sea, which is beautiful. So you can surf and hike in the same day if you want to. But in KwaZulu-Natal, KZN, where I'm originally from, we have an amazing mountain range up there where the mountains get to over 3,000 meters above sea level. So that's, you know, like close to 10,000 feet, I think some of them, 9,500 feet or something. So they're some proper mountains. Yeah, they're a little bit lower, but like for day hikes, it's really nice. Anything else? I'm, I love podcasts, information, reading. I love people. So uh, yeah, conversations, going for beers with friends, coffees, that kind of thing. Uh, and self-improvements in general. So it's something that I've kind of been a nerd about for the last few years. Second question. Journey and evolution. Looking back, what pivotal moments or decisions led you to where you are today? So that's the first part of the question. And then the second part is, how has your perspective on life and success evolved over the years? Okay, so I'll start with the first part, which is pivotal moments that have le led me to where I am today. So where I am today, like I said, my day job is a data analyst. Uh, you know, I'm a. I live in South Africa. You can't just. You can't just up and leave your job and work as a barista and make ends meet. Maybe you can, but it's very, very difficult to. Cost of living here relative to salaries is is quite tough. So you actually have to have a proper career if you want to live a half decent life, and you have to live in a decent area because of safety issues that we have here. You can't like, it's not say like in the States or the UK where you can say, oh no, I'm just gonna, you know, live in a in a crappy little apartment. Like yeah, if you live in a shitty little apartment, you're gonna get broken into constantly. 
your wife's not going to be safe, that kind of thing. So you have to do decently. So I had, I've always, even though I know that data analytics possibly is not my long-term goal or aspiration in life, and I love people and conversations and music and all these other creative things, uh, I have had to make sure that I have some kind of a career to be bringing money in month on month on month. Uh, but in terms of pivotal moments that have led me to where I am today, which is trying to pursue these other things like writing songs and putting them out there, doing this podcast, uh, is I just realized that if I just stuck to one thing for the rest of my life, like a nine to five job, I was going to end up very, very miserable in a few years. And that realization, that craving for more was something that I chatted about with my wife quite often. And we just said, you know what, <laughs> screw it, like life is short, just go out there and start doing things, go out there and start, start uh, trying things. So this is my first passion project is the podcast because I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I consume a lot of it. It's something I, I love to hear. And also, I just love speaking to people. So at the moment, I'm just learning. I'm trying to figure out this whole podcast thing, but I definitely want to start interviewing people, getting people on the podcast uh, and just just building this thing as like a, a vessel for creativity and inspiration as well. I find other people's stories really inspiring. So it was basically, I think it was a conversation a while back with my wife where I was just like, you know what, screw it. I, I'm done caring what people think. I just want to start doing things that I find interesting and fiddling around. And uh, if nothing comes of it, it's fine, but I'm I'm not going to stop trying. Uh, so that was a big pivotal moment for me. And the second thing, how's your perspective on life and success evolved over the years? So when I was at Varsity, I actually had to for, uh, for an assignment, or it was my final research paper. My, my research was the habits of highly successful people. And I remember my researcher, my research like person, the lecturer said, the first thing I have to do for that project is define success because you can't just say successful people. Cause what does that mean? Does that mean a billionaire? Does that mean a millionaire? And I remember having to draw up a criteria and it was very, it was a very important thing for me to do because while money is definitely important and it's on the list uh, for me, I don't think you can be call yourself truly successful if you are not financially independent or in a in a good space where you can look after your family and your loved ones but most of it was lifestyle it was control a big part of it was control so control over your your life like uh, if you are working 20 hours a day but you're earning 20 million what is the point like you are not successful in my eyes a family life was another thing like that good community uh, and then also good health. I only interviewed people that I thought were healthy enough because if you've sacrificed your health for money, you are not successful in my eyes. So my perspective on success has definitely changed over the years. I'd say there are a couple pillars. I'll, I'll say the first one is health. So I think being healthy and in good shape is a bigger flex than than having millions in the bank. I think if you have millions in the bank, but you overweight, you're unhealthy, you're unhappy, you you don't inspire me at all. So health is the first one. I think that's the first pillar, definitely. The second one, I think, is financial. 
I do think you have to have at least your your basic needs and then anything that allows you to live a passionate and full life covered. You have to have that covered. So the second one would be financial. The third one I would say would be family. And I know not everyone can have families. I know there's there's horrible situations where people can't have kids, things like that. But family can also be you and your wife and your dogs and your mom and dad and your cousins and things like that. You have to have family. Then the fourth one I'd say is community. So it's past that, it's community. And then the fifth one, I've just realized there are five pillars. The fifth one would be uh, your your hobbies and your passions need to be things that are almost priorities in your life. So I would say like for me, it's jujitsu, surfing, uh, getting outside. Like those, if those ever fell away, if I couldn't do those, I would say that I'm not a successful person if I couldn't do those things because then what's what's the point? Okay, so the next one, number three, passion projects. It says here, I know I haven't read these before, by the way. So I'm doing this completely blind uh, and I'm just going along with it. Passion projects. I know you're involved in mention a project or interest. Okay, let me say this podcast. I know you're involved in this podcast. Can you share what drew you to it and why it's meaningful to you? So like I said a little bit earlier, I've always listened to a lot of podcasts because I really enjoy conversation. I find conversation so interesting. I've always been a chatterbox, someone that speaks too much. And recently I've been getting a lot of people, friends that kind of, there's like little mentions here and there where guys are like, you know, you need to be doing something people facing where not that I'm actually in front of people right now, but people facing, speaking to people, conversing, uh, more EQ focused and not just like the data stuff that I'm currently doing. And I think that that kind of percolated in the back of my mind, if that's a word, I don't even know, percolated, I'll try, find out if that's a word. Uh, and that kind of like brewed in the back of my mind. And eventually I read a thing that was speaking about podcasts and people actually executing on podcasts. And they made the good point that, so I can't remember the exact stats, but if you basically get to 21 podcasts, you are on the top 1% of podcasters on the planet. And that's when I literally committed to saying, I will do at least 22 podcasts whether two people listen or thousands of people listen. Uh, And I just want to see what can happen with this. And I really enjoy it. I think having to speak into a camera, into a mic, forces you to make your thoughts more tangible. And it forces you to actually like work with your ideas and like and not just have them floating around your head. So it makes it more real. Number four, challenges and growth. What's a challenge you face that significantly shaped your character or outlook on life? How do you approach personal growth? And are there any practices or habits that have been transformative for you? I don't want to get too much into that right now because I'm still very young. I'm 28 and I'm sure the big challenges in my life will still come. Like when I have kids, when I might have marriage struggles, things like that. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say something where 
it it comes off as as fake like me trying to act like i've had a hard life i haven't had a particularly hard life at all i'll say one thing is uh i when i grew up i had a pretty messy divorce uh in my family i was was six and there was some substance abuse problems uh with my parents uh and there was a split and I think that that meant that for a little bit of time in my life, we really struggled with money when we were younger. Uh, there was a lot of tension in my family. And I think that definitely shaped my character because it causes you to grow up really, really quickly, forces you to grow up really, really quickly. And it's uh, it definitely makes you realize that the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. But how I approach personal growth and my practices and habits when I think about personal growth, I, I think about growing into a person that adds more value. And the practices and habits that that I have to do that was, I used to read a lot. I read a lot of books, uh, self-improvement books, the Robin Sharmas of the world, the, you know, Dale Carnegie, all of that kind of stuff. And that's great. Uh, but I think James Clear said it best in his books, book Atomic Habits. I think it's in the book Atomic Habits, where he says, uh, you will not rise to your goals. And I'm paraphrasing here, probably butchering it. You won't rise to the level of your goals. You will fall to the level of your habits. And I think that's why my thesis I did on the habits of highly successful people, because I thought that's a great place to actually look. It's not necessarily what their ideals are and what kind of a person they are, what kind of characteristics they are. I think all of that varies. But I think the practices are like actually the things that set you apart. So my practices and habits, uh, I try to always exercise. That is the first one. First pillar, because I said health is wealth. So exercise is, is always a part of my daily routine. The other thing that I've tried quite a bit of is meditation. And that's just because I think I suffer from a bit of ADD, ADHD. And... I find that meditating a bit or having a bit of mindfulness practice in my life really helps me focus a bit and helps me be less distracted during the day. Whenever I don't do it for a little bit, I can definitely feel the difference. I I pick up my phone more often, I get sidetracked on tasks, I I really struggle to concentrate. So meditation has been one. So exercise, meditation, prayer has been a big part of my life my my whole childhood and although I went to the side and kind of left that away alone for a little bit it's definitely come back into my life and religion is a big part of my life i'm a strong christian and i believe that prayer is quite a powerful tool uh, even if it's just to get things off your chest you don't always have to ask for something or be thankful for something sometimes it can just be to be like you know god help kind of thing i think it's a very powerful tool uh other practices or habits i think uh being intentional with time with my wife has been one that I've been very aware of recently and that's making sure we put our phones away, don't always watch TV every single night and just catch up sometimes over dinner and things like that. Those are very important to me. And then in terms of the other health ones, I would say so it's exercise, getting out in the sun, moving as much as possible, walking, those kind of things have been very important to me. And, uh, Maybe slowing down a little bit on the inspirational reading because I feel like you can get into a state of analysis paralysis where you don't actually do anything. You just uh, you just kind of absorb information. 
and you don't end up actually doing doing the thing. So mindsets and motivation. Mental resilience is crucial in any journey. What's your approach to staying motivated during tough times? So my my mindset on this is, and again, I'm young. I haven't experienced the hardest times in the world. I have not lost a parent yet. Uh, I, I haven't lost a child. I can't imagine what other people go through, but everyone's got challenges. And there's that saying, the hardest thing that you've ever experienced is the hardest thing that you've ever experienced. So your hardest thing is the hardest thing in the world for you. But my take on mental resilience is the the tough times in life are inevitable. They're going to come. So in order to prepare yourself for those and build resilience, it's very important to put your put yourself through optional tough situations. So opting for the cold plunge, tough exercise, uh, fasting, these kind of things, I think really set you up to be more resilience as a person so in summary i'd say i try to do cold dips every now and again and i try to stay a little bit longer than is comfortable i try to go in the sauna quite often and i try to stay in a little bit longer than is comfortable i try to do really hard workouts and i never negotiate with myself so if i set out a workout if i said it was six different exercises three sets of each i'm not going to bail unless i feel an injury like a shoulder impingement or something like that but if i don't if i'm getting tired and i'm being a little bitch i don't negotiate with myself and i think all of these kind of practices of pushing yourself even when you feel like you don't want to do it builds a more resilient person and i definitely want to be a resilient person i remember something jordan peterson said which was a good goal to have is to be the strongest person at your father's funeral and I thought that was quite a beautiful way of putting it. It's like you're going to go through tough times. You're going to lose your parents. You're going to, that is a natural part of life, unfortunately. Uh, and it's important to build yourself into the kind of person that other people can lean on. Not to say that you can't be vulnerable and and uh, and also struggle and, and cry and all that kind of stuff. But I think resilience is like a superpower. There's, uh, there's a second part of this question, which is, are there specific mantras, quotes, or philosophies that resonate with you? So uh, there are a couple. That one that I just said, Jordan Peterson, where he says, a great goal to have is to be the toughest or the to be the strongest person at your father's funeral, which I think is a beautiful way to put things. And... There's another one from Alex Hormozzi, another quote, which is, when things get tough, he always reminds himself, this is what hard feels like. And I think that's, when I'm working out, especially, like if I'm doing that step, that stairmaster, which is flipping horrible, and uh, sometimes I'll put like 10 kilos or 20 kilos on my back in a sandbag, and I'll be going up there, and I'm sweating, and my legs are shaking, and I'm dripping down onto this machine, and I'll always... Remember in the back of my mind, you said you were going to do 10 minutes, you better do 10 minutes. And I'm like, this is what's going to build you into a strong person. And when I've had difficult hikes and things like that, I've always, I've always tried to remember that this is what hard feels like. And this is good. It builds you into a stronger person and makes you more resilient. It's going to suck now, but it's going to be great later. The, the next question 
is current endeavors. Current endeavors. I see you've been working on mention a recent project. I'm going to say this podcast. Can you share some insights into what excites you about it? Okay. So, about this podcast, what excites me about it, and this is my this would be my dream about it, and I know you're not supposed to ever share your goals, but what the hell? Probably no one's listening at this stage anyway. Uh, is what excites me about it is the ability to converse with different people. I'm really excited to when it can get to the stage where I can interview people, have people on my podcast. So the first thing would be to have incredible conversations with inspiring people. The second one would be to express all these thoughts and ideas that I've always had in my head. I tend to be someone that speaks too much, that overshares, and I do have a lot of thoughts and theories about life, and I I feel like this could be a beautiful outlet for those. So those are the two things that really excite me about this project, and uh, I I know that at the moment it's still you know in my spare bedroom over here with a old mark, probably the wrong gear holding it in my in my hand because I don't have a nice mark stand that that can set it up properly but I know that if I just keep putting in the yards keep getting better and better and better I can improve and improve and improve and improve and if I do this for 10 years and only 20 people listen I'll be a happy man happy man just being able to share and just speak and have a creative outlet is something that I really love Second part of that question is what challenges have you encountered in this latest venture and how have you tackled them? So the first one was uh, just procrastination. I didn't start. I said, oh, you know, I need this microphone. I need all of this. I need that. And uh, I've always been a procrastinator. So I kind of eventually just went, okay, you know what? What do I have? Start with what you have. And what I did have was... uh, I had a little interface that I used to record music onto. I had this microphone that my dad sent me because my dad is uh, he's a musician as well. I have an iPhone, which I'm recording this on, and I have a laptop, which I work on. And I said, okay, well, I have that so far, so I don't really have to spend any money on this and uh, get this off the ground. Let me just start right now where I am with what I have and start working at it and start putting in the hours that 10,000 hour rule that they talk about talk about where if you put in 10,000 hours you can't not be world class at something if you put in 10,000 hours of diligent work and that's been tested time and time again stands the test of time so yeah that would be the the main challenge the other one would be money but that kind of like factors into this I think at this stage I'm just focusing on trying to work with what I have at the moment and then also time time's the other one so the other challenge has been time is actually to set aside uh, an hour a week, for example, on a Sunday when the beach is beautiful, like I've been at the beach this morning and it's unreal and you kind of just want to stay there or you want to chill now and watch a little bit of sports on the TV, but to just force yourself to sit down and speak into a camera and speak into a microphone. So balancing personal and professional life can be a juggling act. How do you manage to keep everything in check while pursuing your passions? So I think this is where it's very important to make a distinction between goals and priorities. Goals are one thing and they're great to have, but it's also very important to have 
priorities. So you need to be able to write down not just your goals, what you want to achieve in life, but also your priorities. What are things that are non-negotiable in your life? So for me, for example, that's my relationship with my wife. That's something that I will never let slip. And it's one of my top priorities. The other thing for me is health as well. It's something I won't let slip. So these are, it's another one of my top priorities. Another one is my faith, my, my religion, my relationship with God. I won't let that slip. And then comes your work, your hobbies, becomes music, it becomes all these things. And you can list all these things that you love. And all of a sudden you realize that scrolling through Instagram is like level 33 on your list. And you realize what you actually need to be spending time on. So definitely have a list of goals, but then also have a list of priorities. And make sure that in your day-to-day life, you are keeping all of those at the top of your list and you spending you allocating time to things that matter most so if you have 10 priorities and four of them are non-negotiable you better be spending the bulk of your time on those top four don't be spending them a lot of the time we get caught up spending it on number eight number nine number ten on the list uh so that for me is is something that's helped a lot because i can sometimes forget about those things Number eight is inspiration and influences. Who are some individuals, whether public figures or personal connections, who have had a significant impact impact on your life or mindset? Okay, the first one I'll say, so besides for my parents, because that's always the obvious answer. First person that's had a significant impact on me is uh, Daryl. He's a family friend of ours, very successful businessman. Uh, I think one day when this becomes a video podcast where I can interview people, maybe I'll try have him on the show. But he's been a very ins- inspiring person. He's been very successful in business and then also has a beautiful family, surfs, you know, cart uh, surfs, stays fit. He's in his 60s and he's still basically got abs. So he's someone that checks all the boxes for me and someone that I've always really looked up to. So Daryl would be the first one. He's not famous at all. Other ones would be uh, Ross Roger. He's my pastor back in Durban. Uh, awesome man. Just a great husband. Very vulnerable about talking about marriage. And, you know, we did a premarital course with him before we got married. And it was really, really cool to see someone who who speaks so candidly about struggles that he's had in his relationship and his marriage. You know, when a lot of other pastors will be like hold their cards close to their heart because they don't want to be judged and uh yeah he's he's definitely someone that's been inspiring for me then into the the public figures i would say there's always the the standard ones that that everyone follows i love jocko willink i love chris williamson and joe rogan as podcasters i love david goggins i think his story is super inspiring Cam Haynes. I would say the people that inspire me the most are often people that weren't naturally gifted. So when I think about people like David Goggins and Cam Haynes, these guys, you know, Cam Haynes were, okay, maybe he had a bit of genetic gifting, but he, because his dad was an athlete, but he worked a normal nine to five job up until very recently he quit that to start a podcast, even though he had like a million followers. Uh, that's very inspiring to me. He's like, he's not young either. He's in, I think in his forties and just a normal guy that's just grinding and working like that to me is so inspiring. And then 
a big one I think is David Goggins, not just because he's saying stay hard the whole time, but because he was a loser for a long time. Sorry, noise outside. So David Goggins, I think the thing that inspires me so much about David Goggins is that he was a loser. He was fat. He was over, like not even fat. He was obese. He was seriously out of shape. He was spraying for bugs. He was, he tells the story all the time. And he was, as he, as he labeled himself a piece of shit, he was just nowhere. He was doing nothing. He was eating donuts every day, just with no, no guidance, nothing, no direction. And I think his story is so inspiring because a lot of the time in this generation, we think that by the age of 25, we have to have it all figured out and we have to know exactly what we're doing. And to see someone like that who was a loser for most of his life and then decided one day, like, screw this, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to get hard. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna uh, train. I'm going to not negotiate with myself. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to do something that means something. I think to me is very inspiring because uh, it shows you that ordinary people can do it. Like there's nothing special about him. He even hates running. He says he hates running. You know, and that's what he's, he was kind of known for, for a long time. So he's definitely someone that, that I find very inspiring. And then the second part of that question is, are there specific books, podcasts, or experiences that have shaped your worldview? A couple of books that spring to mind. First one is Crucial Conversations. Great book. Forgot the author's name. But it's it was gifted to me by one of my first mentors when I started working. And she gave this book to me when I was having to deal with kind of a disciplinary issue at work with someone that was working with me. And she gave it to me with the understanding that I was going to have to have some very difficult conversations with this person. And the book is called Crucial Conversations. And the whole idea is that someone's success is often directly correlated with their ability to have effective, crucial, and difficult conversations. So that's a great one. Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink is a brilliant book. And it's it's this amazing idea. You know, we think that the absence of discipline, no rules, no, uh, no restraints equals complete freedom and a lot of the time that's completely false like when you have no structure in your day you actually become you you be you become a prisoner to anxiety and inaction and it was a really great book because i read through it and i was like flip this is actually what i've been missing a lot of the time is a bit of structure a bit of discipline so that's been a great one I'm trying to think of some other ones factfulness has been a great one for something that can shape your world worldview again i don't know the author's name but factfulness is a great book because it helps you understand that just because the media and everyone's telling you that the world's falling apart it's not uh and if you look at the statistics we actually live in the best time ever and i know that's hard for people to believe but historically the world's been rough it's been hectic people think that it was all peace and sunshine and rainbows before this and now it's melting no, that's not the truth at all. So that's been a great one. I'm trying to think of any other books. I don't know. I've listened to the audiobook As a Man Thinketh, which is really good. And it's it's one that I, I would recommend to most people. And I've also listened or haven't finished listening to the audiobook yet. 
Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, I think is a really good book. 48 Laws of Power, another one. Uh, and in terms of podcasts, I've really enjoyed Chris Williamson's podcast because of his guests. Uh, and I like, I think he's a very good, he's very good at picking up on which questions or which points to push into. So that's been really cool. I really enjoy his podcast. Uh, and Joe Rogan, of course, Joe Rogan's a very inspiring guy as well. So he shaped my worldview and it's very curious and I'm a curious person. So Rich Roll is another one. Rich Roll is an inspiring guy as well because he was an uh, alcoholic. He was also a bit of a loser up until, I don't know what the age was, maybe like 30 and turned his life around. Those kind of stories to me are beautiful because it makes you realize that it's never too late in life. And maybe that's me projecting because I'm 28 and I'm maybe in a career that I know I don't want to be in for the rest of my life. And I also want to believe that there's still hope for me, even if I only figure this thing out in my 30s. On to wellness and health. Given your active lifestyle, don't know how ChatGPT knows that. How do you prioritize physical and mental well-being? Well, the first thing is I try to do something every day. So even if I don't, even if I don't do a full gym workout, I try to do something. It could be a very long walk with my wife. It could be a core workout at home. It could be some deep stretching, some sauna, cold plunge. I try and move my body. I think we way too sedentary nowadays. So that's the first thing. Mental well-being, I try to limit the amount of time I spend on my phone, which is very difficult. That's why I sighed when I said that, because I know I'm guilty of often scrolling a little bit too much and you end up doom scrolling and get into a bad uh, mindset. So yeah, trying not to scroll too much. The the other thing is I think mental and physical go together. So I think whenever I feel my mood is not right and I need a state state shift, the quickest way for me to do that is a workout. So you might not feel like doing it and you might feel crap while you're doing it, but afterwards you'll feel much better. So it'll be a couple sprints on the treadmill, maybe a little bit of rowing, lift some weights and I feel like a new person a little bit of time in the sauna and that often shifts my mental state. Uh, Meditation was also a big one for a little bit, but it's not something that I've been too consistent with recently. Sleep is also a big one. The next part of this question is, are there any wellness practices or routines that you swear by? So my wife and I have the saying, it's the four S's and it's sun, sea, sex, and sleep. So um, <laughs> it's you need to get sunlight. You need to get seawater on you if possible. Obviously, if you live in land, just get to water. Uh, we always try to get in the sea. Sex, I think, is really important. Uh, amazing endorphins that are released in your brain. You feel like a great person afterwards. Even if maybe you didn't feel like doing it at first, like you, it's much easier to just sit on the couch when you have sex. It's it's like a natural drug. It's amazing. It's the best thing in the world. It brings you closer to your partner. NB. And the last one is sleep. Is trying to have a nap or something like that. So whenever we're feeling a little bit off, feeling like we're out of sync a little bit, we always try to go back to the four S's. Other practices or routines that I swear by? 
uh, weight training in general for guys. Everyone should train weights. Everyone should lift weights. I think it's good for your mentality. It's good for, uh, it's good to have muscle. It's good to have strength. It's good for your testosterone levels, all of that kind of stuff. I'm a big believer in fasting. I don't preach that to other people. I don't say everyone has to fast, but I've, I mean, it's been around for thousands of years. I think it's a very, very cool practice. So fasting for me, not always intermittent fasting, but a couple times a year, I try to do like a three-day fast where I just have water, maybe a cup of black coffee in the morning. And uh, I find that often resets me as well. The cold, I definitely love a cold dip. We live in Cape Town. It has a very cold Atlantic Ocean. And uh, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty freezing when you get in there. Well, it's like eight degrees Celsius. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. But it's not quite ice bath, but it's very chilly if you get in there. And uh, also, again, state shift. And I love the sauna. The sauna for me makes me so happy. I don't know why. Even now talking about it, I'm excited. I want to go tomorrow. Those are the wellness practices that I swear by. Advice for aspiring podcasters. Okay, I don't have any advice for aspiring podcasters at all. Uh, what, I'm on episode six or something like that. Seven. I think just start, pick up and start recording. I'd say anyone looking to do something different, it's not about necessarily being successful at it. It's just about putting yourself out there. I think there's something powerful about just doing the thing and not caring what people think. I've often been crippled by the fear of what other people think. So that's what I would say. Reflecting on your journey, is there something you wish you knew when you were just starting out? Yeah, uh, I wish that I'd just not been scared at all. I wish I'd started earlier. I wish I'd realized that no one actually cares. Uh, A lot of the time you paralyze by, you think everyone's going to talk about you for putting a song out on Instagram like I've been doing recently where I've been putting music out of my Instagram or starting a podcast or starting a business or something like that. I wish I'd started when I was younger. Uh, It's a massive regret of mine that no one really cares. They're not going to talk about you. People aren't that interested in you. You'll be surprised. So just start. Just do it. Number 11, future vision. Looking ahead, what are your goals and aspirations, both personally and professionally? So, personally, I would like to get into even better shape. I'm in pretty good shape as it is, but uh, I would love to maybe lose a couple percentage of body fat. So, I'll maybe hover around, I don't know, 14, 12 to 14, somewhere there. You know, most people think I'm in good shape, but I would love to even get in better shape. I'd love to get fitter happier, all of those kind of things. So that's all the health stuff. I would love to uh, get a better routine. I'd like to be more consistent with that kind of stuff. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, I would love to really continue getting better at jiu-jitsu. That's something that I've really been passionate about and really enjoying. Uh, And professionally, I would like to start getting something up and running on the side, like this podcast, like a little business that I've been thinking of starting recently. it's like a reporting business uh get that started up on the side so that i have a different avenue not just a nine to five that i can earn some income on so that would be professionally then and continue just getting better at my current role and what i'm doing next one is how do you envision the next chapter of your journey unfolding so my wife and i are almost at a crossroads at the moment where 
we love Cape Town so much, but we also don't want kids for the next four to five years, five, six years. So we kind of like, should we spend a little bit of time traveling at the moment? Should we go live in the UK? Cause it's very central. I can get an ancestral visa because my mom is British. Well, she's got a British passport. So should we go live in the UK for a little bit and then do a bit of traveling over there? Maybe save a little bit of money if you're earning pounds. Or should we, you know, just really love Cape Town and try and try and settle here and get a golden retriever and just love our lives here? So at the moment, it's pretty much up in the air for me. I'm, I'm happy with both of those visions. I think we're leaning harder towards the traveling one because it's that whole thing of like you, you can always come back and you'll always regret it if you didn't do it uh, or you could end up regretting it if you didn't do it. But you, I'd rather go there and then be like, nah, this isn't for me and come back then never go and then always wonder. So I think probably traveling in the next few years. Uh, and then in terms of my personal journey, I think I'm going to keep going with this podcast, even if, again, two people listen, I don't care. I'm going to keep putting out music on my Instagram, things like that, trying to be creative. And I'm going to keep pushing in my current role and not try and look at something else until I'm doing well at the thing that I'm doing. And number 12 is a rapid fire round. So Chris Williamson always does that to his guests, I think. I think so, yeah, where he has like rapid fire questions. So rapid fire questions. First one, coffee or tea? Definitely coffee. I'm a coffee guy. I love caffeine. Second one, mountains or beaches? Whew, that is hard because I love getting into the mountains. But if I had to choose, beaches. Definitely beaches because I surf. I love being in the water. I think it's cleansing. It's beautiful. Love it. One book everyone should read. I'm going to go with As a Man Thinketh, which is a very short book. You can listen to the audio book is like an hour and a half or something. But that's been quite a mind shift for me. Another one would be uh, The Leader Who Had No Title by Robin Sharma. <clears throat> really enjoyed that. And one that I wish I read when I was younger is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. So those are some good books. If you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be? Ooh. Marcus Aurelius. That would be a good one. I mean, imagine the things that he saw as the emperor of the of Rome. Would have been incredible. And I think meditations is such a such an amazing collection of thoughts. I think he'd be a really interesting guy to sit with. Although I don't think he speaks English, so that'd be a bit of a tricky one. I don't think it's English, right? What is it? What did Marcus Aurelius speak? I'm going to check now. Latin. I spoke Latin back then. Okay. Would have been both fluent in, would have been fluent in both Latin and Greek. Okay. So that would be the problem. I don't think he would speak any English, but if I had a translator, there would probably be Marcus Aurelius and Jesus. Yes. Those would be my big, big uh, historical figures. Martin Luther King. That'd be an interesting one. Nelson Mandela as well, from South Africa. So Nelson Mandela would be a very cool one. Pick his brain about a few things. I think he'd be an amazing person to speak to. Who else? And the other one would probably be Genghis Khan. 
Mongol leader. Again, I need translators for these people because they're not English. I'm trying to think of an English character that I'd have. Historical one. Nah, none of them really faze me too much. Maybe Churchill. Churchill would be interesting to speak to as well. Is that five? Something like that. That's five people. That's pretty good. Five suggestions. Don't know who I'd pick out of those. Maybe Marcus Aurelius would be the first choice. Anyway, that is it from me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved it. Please, if you did, like and subscribe and follow me for more. This is Dijon with another episode of Mustard on the Side. I'm just here trying to add value. Thank you.